What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Thank you so much for joining me for Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les. I'm your host. And Balanced Black Girl is the place to be if you're trying to be healthy, happy, thriving, because that's exactly what we talk about every week on this podcast. And I'm actually really excited to welcome back a guest who has been on the show before, but a lot has happened since the last time she was here. So please join me in welcoming back Monique Melton, Mother, entrepreneur, anti-racism <laughs> educator, podcast host, and just wonderful human. Welcome back, Mo. Thank you for having me. I feel so like I I remember our first episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was years ago. It was 2019. That was so long ago. So long. Like ancient. Mm-hmm. And now look at you. Like glow up. Look at you. Okay, we gotta talk about so much. We do. First. When you were last on the show, you were still living in D.C. I remember. I was still living in the Americas. You were still living in the Americas. Yeah. Tell the people where you're living now. Now I'm in Spain. I'm in a whole nother continent. Yes. Like, whoa. I never. In 2019. Right. I would have never thought. Never. Not. No. So how did you move to Spain? How did that come to be? So I actually I hosted a, tr- a retreat in 2019. So mm-hmm. beginning of 2019, I would have been like. <laughs> but towards the end, <laughs> towards the end, I hosted a retreat mm-hmm. in Spain. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I was just like, I could see myself living here. So I called my husband and was like, "We should move to Spain." Yeah. And he was like, "Okay." Yeah. Like he didn't even say, "No, I won't do that." You know, <laughs> no, no. He was like, "Let's do it." Yeah. And we started the process, but then the pandemic mm-hmm. that slowed everything. That slowed right. everything down for everybody. Right. So we moved in 2021. Mm-hmm. So we've been there for two years now. Two years. What was it about Spain that you loved that made you want to move? You know, I don't know. It just felt right. Like mm-hmm. I've been in different places. Mm-hmm. It just felt good. Mm-hmm. It just felt good. I mean, maybe it was just also the incredible people I was with, too. Yeah. We were just having so much fun. Yeah. But it just felt it felt right. Mm-hmm. It felt right. Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah. And how has it been since then with the adjustment? You also have two young kids. It's been ghetto. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big change, though. It's a huge change. Like my experience there during the retreat versus living there. Mm -hmm. Very different. Yeah. Very different, which is obviously the case. Like it's life. You're you're grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. You're living. You're doing your thing. But it's been a huge adjustment. I think I did an Instagram post of like Mm -hmm. things that I didn't expect to miss. Yeah. 
the time difference is yeah. massive because in the mornings for my mornings, everyone's still asleep. Yep. So I'm just like, it's too quiet. Yeah. If I want to call someone, unless it's an emergency, I'm not calling someone just to be like, hey, what you doing? Right. And waking you up in the middle of the night. So it's a little too quiet. Mm-hmm. And I and it's we're still making friends. We're, we've mm-hmm. made some friends who Good. are amazing. Shout yeah. out to my friends. But it still feels like it's just we're still in the adjusting yeah. phase. We're learning the language, you mm-hmm. know. But I've been flexing my Spanish since I've been in the States. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Hola. <laughs> I know. I heard you in New York. Girl, I'm like doing it big here. Mm-hmm. So much Spanish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're the kids are doing amazing. Yeah. Their Spanish is yeah. incredible. They learn um, so fast. Like that. sponges. They picked it up so yeah. fast. So I love that for them. And my husband's picking it up fast too. But it's definitely been a huge adjustment. And I miss Target. That's fair. We don't have anything like it. Mm-mm. And I miss brown sugar Pop Tarts. Mm. Yeah, that is very American. And grits. Yeah. And seasoning. Mm-hmm. They don't be seasoning like that. Yeah. No offense to people who like Spanish food. I think you should do what you want to do, live your <laughs> life. But I need a little more seasoning. Right. Just a little more. Yeah. Poco. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So do you see yourself staying in Spain? You know, I made a list of all the things that I would want in a place to live. And surprisingly, Spain hits almost all of them, mm. except not being close to family yeah. and not being a lot of black people. Yeah. So that's that was a big thing. Right. Yeah. So we want to stay for a while. We mm-hmm. definitely want the kids to finish school. They feel yeah. really safe. Although yeah. my son came home from school today. He was so mad. Somebody broke his glasses. <laughs> and I was like, oh, buddy. But, you know, yeah. that's stuff. That's not like they were picking on them. Yeah. But the kids are doing really good. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to stay for a little while. Mm-hmm. This is my first time back to the States. It is. Since in I left. two years. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah. I'm like saying the states as well. Like that's right. very European. Feels like a Feels different, so different country in and of itself. Exactly. And people in Spain, when you tell them, when I tell them where I'm from, mm-hmm. they're like, "Why'd you move here?" And I'm just like, "Why do you want to live in the states?" Right. They think it's just Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like got so much money, and I'm like, "Do y'all realize that there's a lot of poverty and a lot of guns?" Yeah. And there's some good food too. It's some good chicken. I had some chicken and pancakes. <laughs> I'll never stop thinking about them. <laughs> you know, I would love to talk a little bit more just about expat life and the things about it that we may not expect, because I do think that a lot of people are looking at, OK, if I were to leave the state, so where would I go and what does that look like? And it is a big move in so many ways. How has it been for you, whether that's building community or feeling like, a place that is foreign is now home. Like, does it feel yeah. like home yet? It's interesting. Like, when I come back from a trip mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, wait, Spain is home. Like, yeah. I'm going home. Yeah. And I remember feeling like, wow, this is this is huge. Mm-hmm. It's a place that, as a Black woman, mm-hmm. especially, like, plus-size Black woman, you can easily feel out of place. Mm-hmm. Especially just trying to go shopping, for yeah. example. I remember going to the store and I was like, I didn't know how to ask for a bra. So I just pointed to my boobs mm-hmm. and I was like, do you have? And they were like, no, we don't carry your size. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, wow. Mm-hmm. But whereas like I can go to Target, right. like, the bra I have on now is from Target. Right. You know, this is not sponsored by Target, by the way. <laughs> but Target, if you that. do want to sponsor. Yeah, we yeah, need please to get on call that. Me. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. But so th- it's so easy to feel other. And then yeah. also the staring. Yeah. 
the staring should be illegal the way that it is. Mm. Like it is so intense. And the yeah. first week we were there, my kids even noticed. Yeah. They were like, why is everyone staring? At, right. Like people would literally stop in their tracks, point, grab their friends, point at us, mm. even like little kids. Yeah. And little kids, you think, oh, well, they don't know any better. But all the little kids doing right. it, like what is going on? Yeah. You know, and people are like, well, maybe they think you're a celebrity. I'm like, sure, maybe, but that still doesn't make me feel comfortable. Yeah. Like, and I'm not a celebrity mm-hmm. I'm, in any way. Yeah. People take pictures of us. Mm. What is going on? Yeah. So, you know, making friends is tough too, because I'm not fluent in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going like, even while I'm here, it's, I'm not used to speaking in English and people just understanding me. Right. You know, like yeah. I was when I was out last night and I was talking and the, the people who were standing next to us, I was like, oh, wait, they couldn't probably understand me because I'm speaking English. They <laughs> probably speak English, too. Yeah. You know, you just mm-hmm. you just my brain hasn't clicked yet mm-hmm. that, oh, wait, everyone here probably speaks some English. Yeah. But making friends is challenging because if you don't speak Spanish fluently yet. Yeah you're going to be making friends mostly with like other expats mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah. which is fine. Most yeah. of my, all my friends are expats. Yeah. But that like meeting someone at a grocery store or just yeah. having those like conversations or going places, it can be a little bit like mm, shout, like very simple conversations. Yeah. Like, and that's just going to take time. Yeah. It's going to take time, big time. When we go to the kids' school, a lot of the parents speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so we're not going deep in like worldviews or yeah. anything. It's mm-hmm. like, where are you from? Yeah. Kind of so, simple conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just going to take time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to, I knew that going, I didn't go to Spain shocked that people spoke Spanish, right. you know, but I didn't anticipate how like lonely mm-hmm. I would feel at times. Yeah. You know, my husband, he's great, but he's one person. Yeah. You're, you can't make anyone your everything. Right. You know, yeah. So he's, but he's making f- more friends and like vibing. He said they're getting together, having chili on tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, what? He's got a like a WhatsApp group called Brothers of Madrid, and they just like talk all the time. I'm that's like, beautiful. I love this for you. Yes, it's so good. Absolutely. And I'm the one that's like, okay, still, you know, building, still, you know, making it happen. Mm-hmm. I love high-end luxury goods as much as the next person, but my wallet isn't always on the same page. And that was until I found Quince. Quince is my go-to place for luxury essentials at prices within reach. I love that Quince creates timeless classics that never go out of style and you'll have them in your closet forever. Quince's capsule wardrobe must-haves like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, which I have two of them and love them, washable silk tops and dresses. Actually, my favorite skirt is a washable silk skirt from Quince. And flattering pants make putting together any outfit that much easier. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. And I love that. I have so many pieces that I absolutely adore from Quince. Like I mentioned, I have their cashmere sweaters. I have their washable silk skirt. Also, several purses. My daily tote, which is their 
leather Italian tote bag is my work bag that I use for everything. I have luggage from Quince that came at a great price and is amazing quality. Anything that you want, they have a version of on their website. Get affordable luxury with Quince. Go to quince.com slash balanced less for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash balanced less, B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-L-E-S to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Again, that's quince.com slash balanced less. Well, it's exciting to have you back in the States, though, to get to see you stateside for a little bit. Yeah, I love it. How does it feel being back? I'm loving it. I'm loving the food. Mm -hmm. The food has been good. I've been having a good time. And I want to go to Cheesecake Factory. Absolutely. (laughs) And my daughter, my daughter misses Olive Garden. Mm, she mm-hmm. would she would move back just for Olive Garden. <laughs> She's like, bring me some fettuccine back. Mm-hmm. But it's been good. It's again, it's just nice, like picking up a menu yep. and just like easily reading right. it. You mm-hmm. know, stuff that you just take for granted. Being for able sure. to pick up something and read the directions. Yeah. You know, like oh, this is nice. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you think you'd ever move back to the States? Or you think you're... People ask me that. My cousin kept asking me that when I saw her. I love my cousin. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. I love California, but it's so expensive here. It is. It's just, it's again, $12 orange juice. <laughs> I don't it understand is. that. Yeah. Why is it so much? Yeah. It's, that's rude. It's so rude, you know? Some manners. New York makes LA look cheap. Listen, twelve dollar orange juice was in New York too, mm-hmm. so they they was the same. <laughs> I thought after spending four years living in LA, I was like, oh, I know expensive. And these past few weeks that I've been in New York, I'm like, oh, it's, it's next level. It's next level. I don't appreciate that. It's disrespectful. It's extremely disrespectful, and I think something needs to be done about it worldwide. You know? I mean, honestly, these prices. My orange juice is three dollars. Right. I mean, that was when I was in Europe earlier this year. I was constantly sprung at how cheap things were in Paris, in London. And prices have been going up, though. Yeah. So that's you're seeing it when I the know. prices have gone up. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it, perspective from where I'm coming from, it seems cheap. Yeah. It here is like, whew. Yeah. I wasn't prepared. I know. It's a mess. So you've had a really big couple of years. In addition to moving to Spain, from a professional standpoint, being Huge. an anti-racism educator in 2020 was an experience for you. Can we talk a bit about what that year was like? I feel like I had whiplash, like trauma. Yeah. It was, it was too much. Mm -hmm. I was just having dinner last night with a friend and I was telling her just like how I'm shifting and what I'm doing and pivoting Mm -hmm. because it's unsustainable to work and talk about these type of things as a black person constantly Constantly. teaching and educating about trauma that you also experience to some degree Mm -hmm. or your relatives and stuff and so in 2020 I call it the pseudo white awakening Mm -hmm. of of 2020 I went from what do I I think I had 10,000 or 17,000 Instagram followers Mm -hmm. all the way to 225,000 in one week insane it was just like I would look at my phone and it was just like thousands, yeah. thousands, thousands of new people, DMs, comments, messages, stories, all that stuff. And it was intense. Mm-hmm. It was intense. I just wish that it was, 
you know, people say that must have been really cool. Like, you know, when you think about from a business standpoint, you think, oh, that's your moment. But it was based off of a black person being murdered. Right. So that's not celebratory for me. That's not celebratory. It is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Because what are we hoping for the next time? Like that's right. That's not how I wish to practice business. And so many of my peers, we feel the same. Yeah. Like I would love for my business to continue to grow and to thrive mm-hmm. from positive things yes. that I'm doing and that I'm putting out there. Right. Not black people being murdered in the street right. on camera. It's not something to capitalize on. No, not in any way. Mm-mm. So that part of it just tainted the whole, you yeah. know growth and all that because my business did grow Mm -hmm. like extremely Mm -hmm. extremely we would have classes and over a thousand people would sign up for our classes now in 2023 maybe we'll get 10 people sign Mm -hmm. up so it's night and day yeah and so also seeing that drastic shift like that is also so disturbing absolutely and it just makes you feel like Y'all was just playing in our faces. Yeah. You know, like, sure, send all the money to all the Black people. Like, people were sending Black folks Venmos. Like, sure, do that. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But now, the, some of the same, you know, like, for example, Black-owned businesses, people were buying out their products. Now, some of those businesses have had to close. Yeah. You know, they tried to buy the inventory to keep up with the demand, but the demand didn't remain. Right. You know, and so it's hard also to not internalize that as well what did I do wrong yeah. why couldn't I be able to sustain this well it was it was never sustainable it was right. a moment a fleeting moment mm-hmm. that was not going to stay because the motivation wasn't in the right place right so I've been shifting like we have the school the shine bright school mm-hmm. which is is beautiful we have a lot of great programs and experiences mm-hmm. but I as you know Monique Melton have been shifting to do more things like I'm writing my book. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking money advice from white women. That's my book. Mm-hmm. When does it come out? Do you it's know? It's 2025. Okay. June. Yeah. Think about it because next year is 2024. Yeah. Yeah. June 2025. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing a lot of coaching, very exclusive mm-hmm. coaching. Very exclusive. And, you know, just taking naps, yeah. resting, absolutely, enjoying my family, yes. like taking the pressure off of feeling as though I need to martyr myself. Right. You know, because even though I said that I would never do that, it was still way too much to be teaching and and working in that capacity. So I'm I'm glad that the school can grow and exist and thrive without me having to put so much labor, emotional labor into it. That's re-traumatizing. Right. Because it's like I was telling my friend just yesterday it's like being a um, professor teaching surgery, but yet you're squirmish. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't do it, but right. you still need the person. The mm-hmm. students still need to learn. Mm-hmm. They still need to know how to do it. It just doesn't need to be me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we have we have experiences where they're going to be um, peer facilitated, mm-hmm. which I love that because I believe when it comes to anti-racism, dismantling white supremacy, black, like pursuing black liberation, that's white people's responsibility. That's mm-hmm. not my homework. Right. Right. Like I can write the books. I can create the classes. You should definitely be on the black folks direction and and indigenous folks and brown folks and such. But y'all need to come together and gather y'all selves. Like folks will ask me, well, what should we do? Well, that's the question y'all need to be asking yourselves. Yeah. You know, look, look at your mama, look at your daddy, look at your your people Mm -hmm. and say, why are we not getting our shit together? And let's, let's do it. You know, like that's what needs to happen. So we'll create the resources, which we have. Yeah. 
Now go do it together yep, and, exactly. and do it and leave yep. me alone. Yes. Go let me take a nap somewhere. Please. Like Trisha Hersey tells mm-hmm. us. I love her work. Don't you love the nap ministry? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely been a journey. I appreciate the growth mm-hmm. and what it's done for me and my yeah. family. Yeah. While also holding space for the tension that I would not have experienced it. Or maybe I would have, yeah. but I did experience it from a place of trauma. Yeah. And you just can't really extract them from each other. Right. Those those things are always going to be connected yeah. if that's at the root of, exactly. of the growth. Kind of on another tip, but I would love to get into this. Earlier this year, you had shared some really great content examining your relationship with consumerism Ooh, and unpacking that. And I would love to talk about that journey and how that was for you. You had shared a lot about looking at some of your consumption habits and shopping habits and unpacked where that stemmed from. Can you tell us what sparked that and what you learned? I was shopping. Mm -hmm. I was shopping. And I was at Gucci. Like, they know me on first name basis. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for a lot of people, especially Black folks who Mm -hmm. have been like systemically pushed out of places, barred entry into all different parts of society. I feel like when we do have an opportunity to gain entry into those spaces, we're like, get me in here. Mm -hmm. I want this mama. Mm -hmm. I made it kind of thing. And, you know, I don't fault us for responding to our trauma in that way, Mm -hmm. but I do encourage us to heal Mm -hmm. so that we can be more, grounded in our practices yeah. around money because mm-hmm. we do have a lot of trauma as our ancestors were bought and sold. Right. So our relationship with money mm-hmm. is pretty toxic yeah. and has it's a complex. lot of, it's complex, it's very nuanced yeah. and we need to heal it. Yeah. And, and that's not at Gucci, you know, like sure, mm-hmm. go to Gucci, do your thing, yeah. but it can't end there. And so for me, my scarcity mindset, I used to think it was because we were paycheck to paycheck at one point. Mm-hmm. But it really it goes so much deeper than that, because yeah. once I was at a point where that wasn't the case, mm-hmm. it was still there. Mm-hmm. The the fear and the worry and all that was still there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I read the Afro Minimalist Guide to Living with Less. Mm. And she su- suggested doing a shopping freeze situation yeah. for a certain amount of time throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And I read that book in December. I think it was December I finished it. And I was like, okay, I'll do it till the spring. And then I was like, I think maybe by February, I think I was like, I'm going to do it for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I was shopping every, almost every week mm-hmm. or at least at least browsing online, yeah. putting stuff in a cart, yeah. not always purchasing, mm-hmm. but still con- like still in a very like consumer mindset, yeah. never really satisfied with what you have. Yeah. You just become so insatiable. Right. And that just transcends through different aspects of your life. It does. And so I was like, I'm going to do it for a year. I'm not buying mm-hmm. anything that I don't need. Love it. And I'm not bought anything. Yeah. I do need some new tennis shoes. They stink and they're dirty and they just need to be replaced. Mm -hmm. But my husband's like, please buy some new tennis (laughs) shoes. Like my walking (laughs) shoes. I'm like, but I don't really need them. He's like, yes, you do. do. And that's something where that's for your movement, for your health. It's, you know. I need them. My flippy hurt. So I need to just get some new shoes. It's a good exception. You know, I don't want to be on one extreme. Yeah. But I love it. Like. It really made me deal with my stuff Mm -hmm. that I would use shopping Mm -hmm. as a distraction. Mm -hmm. You know, they say retail therapy, Mm -hmm. all that. And it's like, 
We don't say that when someone is addicted to drugs. Right. We don't say, oh, you know, they're just doing their drug therapy. Let them do their thing. <laughs> oh, let me go do this cocaine. I'm having a good old time. Like, we don't... <laughs> We don't, we don't normalize that. Right. We don't publicize that. Not right. that people don't have those, you know, things. Yeah. But we don't make it seem as though it's socially acceptable right. as we do when, like, oh, girl, I'm about to go retail. It's retail therapy. This is retail therapy. Retail therapy. Right. But why are we over consuming? Mm-hmm. Why are we over? Why are we over consuming? And so it really made me think about things. Yeah. And it also took the pressure mm-hmm. off of me when yeah. I. Get ready for something. I don't have to think about, I got to go buy the perfect outfit. Right. I'm going to go look in my closet and find something that I already have. Exactly. And it also, like, I can go on and on about this. Like, yeah. also, when is it ever enough? Exactly. You know, like, how many bags do you really need? Right. How many pair of shoes do you really need? How mm-hmm. many coats? I have so many coats. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have so many coats. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you feel like you need all of it. You always yeah. feel like you need it. Right. And you don't. No. And social media f- plays into it too. Like mm-hmm. I had to unfollow or mute certain like fashion yeah. folks mm-hmm. just so I wouldn't feel compelled. Now I could easily follow them because yeah. I don't have the desire there anymore. Right. But I'll never shop like that again. Even if I was making like a million dollars a second, like I still would never. Yeah. Because again, when is it enough? Right. You know, where are you putting all this stuff? Yeah. Like all this, and I and I told my kids, I was like, I'm sorry, mommy modeled overconsumption mm-hmm. to you, and I'm gonna work on that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. You do shop too much though. You was at Gucci <laughs> too much. I was like, kids will tell it. They are so. But that's also really beautiful that you acknowledge that and had that conversation with them. Yeah, I wanted yeah. them to know because I learned, you know, no shade to my mama, but I learned how to shop mm-hmm. excessively from her mm-hmm. you know and so i'm gonna i don't want to pass that on to yeah. to my kids right you know yeah I, I mean i probably have so we're gonna have to undo some of it mm-hmm. but i acknowledge that it's a pattern that we can learn from one generation to the next so absolutely let's pass along some healing mm-hmm. as well yeah. So, yeah, like when I got ready for this trip, I didn't have to think, OK, I got to go buy this. I got to go buy that. I, no, I just use what I I'm, use what I have. Yeah. And I have plenty. Yeah. And as sustainable. That is sustainability is using what you have. Exactly. Yeah. And making it work, not feeling like you need a new outfit. Mm-hmm. What is this whole don't repeat an outfit? That is ridiculous Love to, to repeat an outfit. Girl, I'm going to wear my clothes. Right. What are we talking about? As long as it's clean. Right. I don't like that. If but you feel good in it, why not? And if it's cute, why should it only be seen once? That's sad to me. Yeah. Deny yourself. That's like only eating pancakes once in your life. Right. Why would you do that? That's wrong. Yeah. I love pancakes. And let everybody see you in these good outfits. Exactly. And also post it on social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. Don't think, oh, well, I already wore that one, so I can't wear that again. Says who? Right. Who's buying all these new clothes? That's what's that's the the other thing is it's also like a environmental issue. Yes. But it's also like the impact of our environmental crisis is negatively affecting those most marginalized right. the most, which includes Absolutely. black people. Mm-hmm. So it's also hella anti-black for us to constantly be over consuming yeah. all the time. Where are all those clothes landing? Right. Where are all those shoes? Where are all those things ending up? We right. have to think about that. Mm-hmm. I know it's not easy because we all, you know, want the look. We want to be the girl. We want to be this. We want to be that. And it's like 
for what? Right. When is it ever enough? Yeah. You know, so exactly. I love this. I don't, I don't know. I think I might extend my shopping freeze a little longer. Yeah. People really responded to it when I talked mm-hmm. about it. They were like, oh, that sounds that sounds hard. Like, yeah. I don't know if I could do that. Do you think you could do a year? Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of had almost the opposite problem where I did have overconsumption modeled to me growing up. And my response to that was to go the opposite way. I'm never going to spend anything. I'm going to hold everything so tight and I spent many years just not letting myself enjoy anything because okay. I was so scarce That's and so frugal. Extreme. And it's been very recently that I've loosened up a little bit and it hasn't necessarily been like doing a lot of shopping, but with allowing myself to travel or allowing myself to pay for convenience a little bit more, I'd say over the past maybe year, I paid off my student loans last year. So the past okay. year- Flexing, girl. <laughs> Since I've done that, that's when I've allowed myself to kind of loosen up a little bit and pay for convenience or travel more and allow myself to like enjoy things. And I realized I spent so much of my life not allowing myself to enjoy things because I felt this financial responsibility to be the one who is, you know, frugal in case someone else wasn't, in case someone else didn't have it, I needed to have it. Mm. And so that's like just another way that it can show up. But it's still the same problem. It's still all rooted in the same thing, Mm -hmm. you know, the scarcity, the fear, all of it. Exactly. You know, but at least you had some money left over. You wouldn't just spend in everything, you know, (laughs) because that's the thing. People go into debt, you know, trying to appear. Yeah. Like something that we're not. Yeah. But I also understand why we do it. Mm -hmm. People treat you a certain way when you show up in a room looking a certain way. Absolutely. You know, you get certain type of preferential treatment. You get invitations. You get opportunities. It's just like when you are fat and you lose weight, you start getting a whole different experience in the world. People treat you completely different Mm -hmm. when you're in a thin body than when you're in a fat body. So I get it. When you are... Being marginalized, I I understand doing certain things to try to lessen some of those experiences that are not your fault. But at the end of the day, I I understand why we do it, which is why we have to look at it from a systemic issue. Exactly. And do we understand why we're doing it? Because that's a big step. Exactly. That's huge. Unpacking it. I also recognize the privilege of deciding Mm -hmm. not to shop versus that being decided for you for whatever reason. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll I'll acknowledge that as well. Yeah. And so anyone who has the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to stop shopping Mm -hmm. for anything that I don't need for this amount of time. I encourage you to see what comes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if it's just for a month. We got November's coming up or no by November. No by November. And and do it and mm-hmm. stop buying people things for Christmas or whatever, whatever gift exchanging celebrations you have. Stop buying stuff for people that they don't need. Instead, why don't you just share a meal together? Yeah. Or I, like I love how in the book she's in, in the Afro minimalist guide to mm-hmm. living with less. She says give things. She likes to give gifts that can be consumed, mm-hmm. basically like it's going to disappear. Yeah. So you know, cookies or mm-hmm. something like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's so smart, you know, yeah. or for your birthday, I'll make a donation to mm-hmm. your nonprofit, the nonprofit yeah. of your choosing, mm-hmm. you know, that's things beautiful. like that going yes. beyond. Cause it, like at this point, someone wants to buy me a gift. I'd rather you go put that money into this nonprofit right. or let's put it towards something else. Cause mm-hmm. I don't need, yeah. I don't need, and, I, and you're, I'm probably not going to like it. Right. What you buy either. A knickknack. It's going to end up in a box. I'm going to re-gift it. Exactly. I do that a lot. You do. Why don't you just say, I don't want it. 
No, because it's like you don't want to hurt people's feelings. I think it's kind of people pleasing when we accept things that we. I've never given a gift back. So yeah. I'm, who am I talking? Depends on who it is. I mean, if it's like family, you know, if my parents are like, oh, you don't like it. I have the receipt. We can exchange it. That I'm comfortable. A friend, I'm like, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You mm-hmm. know. Gift giving is is interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. Like, why don't we ask people what do they want? Right. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. We have communication We put issues. this merit into being able to read people's minds, but like we can't. No. <laughs> no. So many gifts end up in the trash right. or whatever. And Goodwill. It's like, yeah. It's, it's useless. Exactly. Joy is a place where women can come to find answers, own their health journey, and truly start to feel like themselves again. Through comprehensive labs and the help of functional medicine clinicians, Joy helps you understand what's going on underneath and provides solutions to address the root cause. Through peptide and hormone balancing therapies, Joy optimizes your well-being. Now, as I move through my 30s, I'm realizing that I'm experiencing some changes and I would love to optimize and balance my hormones. So I recently scheduled an appointment with Joy to get my blood work done. They're actually coming straight to my home. It was so easy to schedule an appointment and I'm really excited to get the results back to see exactly where my hormones are at, exactly what my body needs from a wellness perspective. And it's really important to know exactly where your body is at to get what you need. To get set up, I took an online health assessment just so that Joy could understand my background, where my health was, and then I set up some time to get my blood work done, and I'm having a clinician come directly to my home to take my blood work so that I can figure out what I need to optimize and balance my hormones. The amazing thing about Joy is that they measure your individual biomarkers to get the most accurate picture of your health and create a personalized plan for you. So you can get one-on-one consults with board-certified clinicians, follow-ups with lifestyle coaches, and proactive healthcare designed to help you feel, function, and look your best. Joy makes it easy to test your markers and truly understand what is happening in your body. And you get virtual appointments with no in-person office visits required. Joy's protocols are safe, effective, and research-backed to help you feel, function, and live your best life. And hormone loss and imbalances in women as we age can not only cause fatigue, reduce sex drive, difficulty losing weight, and more, but it can both reduce our quantity and quality of life. With Joy, labs start at only $99 for testing 45 markers and can go up to $599 with testing 75 plus markers. So that's more comprehensive than you will find anywhere else. And with that, you get personalized supplements based off your own unique biomarkers put into a convenient daily sachet with testing six months later so you not only feel the results, but you can see the results. If you're looking to take ownership of your health and feel your best, Joy is giving you 20% off your labs. Go to choosejoy.co slash balanced less and browse their curated selection of comprehensive labs. That's choosejoy.co slash balanced less, B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-L-E-S and get 20% off any labs. Choose Joy and feel like you again. What is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in looking at your consumption habits? That I can be satisfied. Yeah. You know, I don't think I've ever 
had a time where I have felt just content, mm-hmm. like completely content with what I have. Yeah. Like I've seen trends where I'm like, oh, I love that outfit. And then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Versus, oh, where do I get that from? I got to yeah. buy that. I got to have that. Yeah. I don't like that feeling where mm-hmm. you always are chasing something. Yeah. I feel I feel really good about feeling content. Yeah. It's good. Because it can be anything. It could be makeup. It can mm-hmm. be shoes. It yeah. can be jewelry. I'm like, I don't need all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I feel proud. Yeah. Something that I ask a lot on this podcast, I mentioned it in multiple episodes when we're looking at these habits or things that we do is who is benefiting from this? And oftentimes for so many of these things, the answer is not us. Exactly. <laughs> it's some white man somewhere making a lot of money a off of us. A whole lot of money. Who Somebody don't even with like a lot us. more money than us. And we're giving them what we have. When we no could thanks. we could use it in other ways. Exactly. Yeah. So I would also love to talk to you about your relationship with faith, because you have also had a journey kind of over the past few years of really examining some of the experiences that you had in church, realizing some of the harmful experiences that you've had there and approaching things differently. Can we talk a bit more about that experience and what that yeah. was like for you? I definitely thought I was going to be somebody's pastor at mm-hmm. one point, yeah. especially when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I never, ever, ever, ever would have thought that I would no longer be practicing Christianity. Mm-hmm. I was just, me and Jesus was right next to each other, hanging yeah. out, going out, having yeah. fun. But yeah, I would say, I guess it's been about four or five years now. Mm-hmm. I just, I, what I first got really, it, it start with curiosity, mm-hmm. which is why I always tell folks, you know, stay curious because yep. we'll start to find things and we'll, we'll uncover things yeah. about ourselves, about yeah. people, about whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, it started with curiosity. So I started with tithing. I yeah. wanted to know why I couldn't take the money that I was going to tithe to the church mm-hmm. and give it to someone at a grocery store, for example, to get groceries. Yeah. And it not be considered tithing. Right. Like, why couldn't that be that? Yeah. And and some people might be listening to that and say, well, it is. But that's not what I was being advised. Okay. And so I just started doing research mm-hmm. about it. And then it just wasn't sitting with me. And then I started doing research about homosexuality mm-hmm. and why are folks saying that this is a sin? And because it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. I didn't understand it. And I needed to know, like, what is the reason why people say this? Mm -hmm. And so I found this book that basically broke down the different scriptures Mm -hmm. that people would reference to suggest that it is. And it just, it laid it out, not trying to convince you one way or another. Yeah. And just within like a first couple pages, I was just like, yep, I'm so like this. Mm -hmm. Nope. This just ain't it. And so there was that. And then the race, like the racism Mm -hmm. and just how the church just, especially the evangelical, like the white evangelical church Mm -hmm. just refuses to acknowledge the pain that black people continue to experience, especially in the church and the gaslighting. Mm -hmm. And then the experiences that I was having with people dismissing my experiences and coming for me. I was like, this is just not what this, this should be. Yeah. And it was interesting because my husband and I both were very, very devout Christians. Yeah. And he was open to exploring as well because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. Like, that's a very personal decision. You right. can't make somebody. 
And I would never want to make someone decide what their faith should be or shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of respect and appreciation for Christianity, especially Mm -hmm. for how many Black people used it and continue to use it to navigate all these different systems of oppression, Mm -hmm. while also acknowledging the ways that Christianity has been a part of that oppression. Yeah. Or at least it's been weaponized in such a way to be a part of it. Yeah. And that's the fullness that is challenging to hold space for. Yeah. For some people, it, they can hold space for all of it and still wish to practice it. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's their right and they mm-hmm. should do that. Yeah. And there for other people like myself, they can hold space and say, I'm not interested in pursuing that any longer. Mm-hmm. And I just really want us to respect that. We can have different beliefs. We can have different practices. Yeah. But if your beliefs are rooted in my oppression mm-hmm. and your practices are perpetuating systems of violence, then that's where I draw the line. Right. You know, and so if you're going to use your religion to justify being anti-trans, for example, mm-hmm. then that's not a religion that I really want to interact with in yeah. any way, you yeah. know. And so when people use religion like that yeah i think that's really violent and it's really manipulative because mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be that way yeah you know i've i studied jesus i took i remember i took a course in college where we studied jesus of faith and then it was like christ of faith and then jesus of history and so mm-hmm. we we studied him from a historical perspective mm-hmm. and also studied him from a religious perspective and never in any of those studies was there anything that represented the hate and the violence that a lot of people will say they're they're upholding in the name of Christianity because it's just not true. Right. You know, and and they make really unsafe spaces Mm -hmm. for folks. But that's the case in any religion as well. You're going to always have people who will use it to reinforce their beliefs. So it just started with being curious, you know, and I remember being so like, oh my goodness, I'm going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm backsliding. I'm, yeah. You know, all these things yeah. came up for me, but I just was really gracious with myself and patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still on a journey. I'm still, you know, figuring things out. I don't think any of us have all the answers right. and I don't wish to, Yeah, but I am still very much a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I believe in all of them. I, le- I believe in the universe. I believe in ancestors. The whole crew, anybody that's for me, that wants to see, you know, good for me, my Mm -hmm. family, my life, we good. Yeah. You know, but some of the most painful experiences that I've had have been people who call themselves Christians. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to reckon with. You know, there are a lot of people who are leaving the church for various reasons. And I just feel it's such a disservice because when you study, when you study the religion, you look at all the different benefits of it. It's it reminds me of just any of anything that's just been like warped and and just, you know, abused. It's like this is not really what it is at the essence of it. it. Yeah. So but it's been really hard. It's been it's been really hard in some ways, but also it's been really liberating. Like Mm. now. I feel comfortable exploring different things, whereas before I felt like I was not being a good Christian if I learned about this or I learned about that or, you know, whatever. But Mm -hmm. it feels it feels really good. I just started questioning everything. Mm -hmm. I question monogamy. Do I really like am I do I want monogamy because that's the Christian thing to do or is that what I want to do? Thankfully, I didn't need to experiment to figure that out because my husband was definitely looking at me like, 
Okay. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I want to support you, but yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that curiosity is what started that journey for you because I do feel like in a lot of religious spaces, curiosity is discouraged. It's seen as a bad thing. We're not encouraged to be curious. You often get in trouble for being curious in those spaces. And Absolutely. so even if it is creating spaces of faith where curiosity is welcomed and questioned, people aren't necessarily asking questions to poke holes. They're asking questions to understand. Exactly. And if they understand something differently, that's not a bad thing. Exactly. Yeah. And, but if you think about it, even in like the education system, mm-hmm. we're not taught to be curious, right. critical thinkers. We're taught to memorize. Exactly. Things. Memorize, follow the rules. Yep. Don't question. And that's it. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I, I want to challenge myself. I want to challenge us yeah. to get curious, to use our imagination. Yeah. You know, it's there. This can't be the only way that yeah. things can be. You know, there's more to it. But that's the reason why they don't want us to be curious. Right. Because we'll start to ask questions mm-hmm. that will lead to poking some holes, mm-hmm. maybe. Or not. Maybe getting curious makes you feel even more, like, from again, getting curious about monogamy. Right. That made me feel even more confident in my decision right. to be monogamous yeah. and getting curious. Mm-hmm. Whereas just accepting, like, that's what I want. Yeah. Versus, well, why do I want that? Right. You know? So I think we just have to ask more questions and be willing to be honest about the answers yeah, and accept that some people won't like our answers. And mm-hmm. that's OK. That's mm-hmm. their business. Yeah. That's not mine. And did that journey lead to difficult conversation with friends, with family who are still in the church? Oh, yeah. And an ending of a lot of friendships mm-hmm. that I didn't think that would end. Yeah. My family was surprisingly like, OK, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. they don't try to push it one way or another. I remember my mom was like, do you go to church in Spain? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I said, but you know, we don't go, to, we don't practice Christianity anymore. And my mom was like, but you still believe in God, don't you? Like she was just mm-hmm. like, really? I was like, yeah, I believe in many things, mm-hmm. you know? I believe in many, I believe in many things. Yeah. And I, I appreciate where I am in that mm-hmm. process. Yeah, You know, I never would have thought I would yeah. be here. So I can it's say that about change. so many things about my life. Yeah. Living in Spain. Right. You know, not practicing Christianity anymore. Yeah. Like even just changing in the work that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I just ne- I didn't think I would. Yeah. But that's where the curiosity can lead us to different parts of ourselves. Yeah. And the evolution of ourselves that can be exciting and excruciating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely Absolutely. been excruciating. Yeah. You know, and that's the part where it's like, why did I do this again? Mm-hmm. But it's 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 good, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes curiosity can lead us to ask some tough questions that can have painful answers. Exactly. Yeah. But it's worth it. I want to feel confident mm-hmm. and solid in who I am. Yeah. And not just be a version of someone else's rules. Right. And just a manifestation of what other people say I should be. I want to be confident and solid in who I am and be intentional about who I'm becoming. Right. Yeah. That's not been easy, though. I can relate to that a lot because I think in a lot of those spaces, there's very much a promotion of like one way of being and one set path. There is such a, I think, focus, especially in religious spaces, if you're a woman on getting married, having kids as soon as possible, doing that as much as you can in that 
Like that is all that you are here for. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who haven't done that yet, it's like, okay, well, where does that leave us? What does that, what does that mean? Are our lives not worth living if we haven't done that? What if we never do that? Exactly. Then what? What if you don't want to do that? Yeah. Then what? Then what? Is your life just a waste? Yeah. That's terrible. Right. But there are a lot of people who feel like their life is missing something because they haven't achieved some type of like arbitrary Mm -hmm. level of something. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people who have children because they feel like they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. You know, they get married because they feel like that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and and maybe you do that and you feel like later on down the line, you think about it. You're like, you know what? This this was the right decision Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Ideally, I'd hope. Ideally, but we don't because you know how people say to people who are child free, especially Mm -hmm. child free by choice that you're, oh, you're going to regret it. Mm -hmm. I hear that a lot. I think it's absurd. Yeah. Um, But no one says to people who have children, oh, you're going to regret it. Mm. And and are the people who have children who do regret it, is there space for them to acknowledge that? Yeah. And to be met with compassion? Yeah. Because I think there are a lot of people who are in that space Mm -hmm. and feel lonely and feel like they can't speak about it because then people are going to feel like, oh, well, you don't love your kids or you don't this or you don't that. But I think we just really need to hold more compassion across the board and and stop feeling as though we need to tell people what they need to do with their lives and instead support people in the decisions that they make for themselves. Right. There's a lot of judgment. There's so much judgment. And it's like, how are you going to judge my life when you're not even happy with yours? Right. You know? Mm-mm. Not everybody needs to have kids, you know? You're not wrong. Kids are a lot of work. They are. They're yeah. a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You love them, of course, but they require a lot, yeah. as they should. They're humans. They're mm-hmm. whole human beings that you're responsible for. Yeah. So I think people who decide to be child-free... I think that takes a lot of courage in the world that we're mm. in, but it, I wish that it didn't. Mm. Yeah. You know? I wish that you could just decide to be what you want to be. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not trying to be a serial killer. Right. If you're not doing harm. Right. Yeah. But I think sometimes when you make choices that are different from other people's, it almost holds up a mirror to what those people's choices are. And that can make people feel very insecure. When you have curiosity and you ask questions that people aren't prepared to answer, it makes them feel very insecure. And I think sometimes that's where that judgment and defensiveness comes in. Absolutely. Because you're showing them choices that they did have, but they perhaps didn't want to acknowledge that they had Mm -hmm. or they were afraid to acknowledge. Yeah. Or they didn't choose because they didn't feel like they could. Mm -hmm. You put a hundred moms in a room. Yeah. And you ask them anonymously. Had you known what you know now, would you choose to be a mom or would you choose to be child free? Mm-hmm. I imagine that a lot of them would say, yeah, I would choose to be child free. Mm. But that conversation, we can't have that conversation without also acknowledging that parenting is intentionally and systemically challenging. Yes. yes. Part of what it we is. find to be most challenging is the Oh, the the system and the lack of structure Mm -hmm. in place to support parents. Absolutely. If we had more of that, then that would probably change some of the votes as well. I would feel differently if if there was more systems in place for support, if our healthcare system was better and I wasn't worried about dying in childbirth. I'm so afraid of that. And I, even though we know what the maternal health stats are, I don't know if I've actually had conversations with other Black women where I've heard them say, I'm afraid of this and it's making me reconsider whether or not I want to have children. And that's how I feel. I 
am so afraid of that process and not coming out on the other side of it that it makes me be like, I don't think I want to do it. Yep. And that's valid. Yeah. That's 100% valid. Yeah. Because so many Black birthing persons are not coming out of it or our babies aren't yeah. coming out of it. You know, my son, unfortunately, we we almost lost him mm-hmm. because of medical racism. Mm-hmm. And so we could have definitely been a statistic in that case. And it makes me so angry when I think about it, but also so grateful for just, you know, divine intervention. That's why I'm like, I'm still very much a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. Yes. But, you know, we're not having these conversations about why people want to be child free. Mm -hmm. But also some people don't want children because they don't want them. And that's fine, too. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. they could, there could be all the systems in place mm-hmm. in all the world, and they're still like, I don't want that. Yeah, no different than I don't want avocado toast, although it's a much bigger, <laughs> it's a bigger responsibility. <laughs> it's much bigger, yeah. but yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Well, you won't know it till you try it. I don't need to try it. I don't want. I mean, maybe try avocado toast. Trying a child—that's a different. That's a big. I'm not trying try avocado on. toast. Yeah. <laughs> Have you never had avocado toast? We are in Los Angeles and you haven't had. This is the avocado toast what? capital. It is. Mm-mm. No. I need a burger on there. <laughs> <laughs> avocado on burgers is delicious. That's fine. Well, yeah. But then fine. it's not avocado toast okay, anymore. It's fair. a burger. It's a burger with avocado on it. Why don't. It's just mush. Yeah, but that's why the bread is toasted. It's crispy bread. It's, you know, it's good. It's a good time. It's delicious. But I just, again, like we make people feel like they have to explain their decisions that are, it's like, this is my decision. Like it doesn't matter if you don't like avocado toast. Exactly. It doesn't. No. Unless I was doing a brand deal with avocado, (laughs) that would be very disingenuous. It would. Although I would, I like avocado. I like avocado. Good. Good. (laughs) But yeah, I do think sometimes we get a little, a little overly concerned about other people's choices. And I feel like social media has kind of heightened that a little bit when we see people online who make other choices or do other things. Sometimes the comment section be wild it for be. no reason. It doesn't exactly. have to be. Because sometimes I think we we look for other people to validate our choices. Yeah. And so if you're not doing something that I feel like you should be doing mm-hmm. or that I want you to do to validate me, yeah. then it's like making me question myself. Yeah. We're always looking for external validation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can validate yourself. And sometimes questioning yourself isn't bad. Sometimes being like, this choice I made, was it the right one? Was it a good one? Would I do it again? Sometimes asking that question can be good. Exactly. But also learning how to accept Mm -hmm. the discomfort that comes in questioning yourself and accepting the truth that, you know what, not every decision that you make is going to turn out to be something that you feel so good about. Yeah. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. That's a part of the human experience. Yeah. I I look at outfits and I'm like, what was I thinking? (laughs) That was not a good, that didn't come out good. Mm. But in the moment, it was, it was hidden. Yeah. We've all been there. I I could think of one right now. I'm picturing it. It was not (laughs) cute, but I thought I was getting it when I put it on. And when was it? It probably was cute at the time, but like our definition of cute changes as we change. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help you. (laughs) I don't You're know like, what no. was going on. I need, I needed a full length mirror that day, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so what are what are some things that you're choosing in your current season of life? What are you choosing right now? <sighs> peace. Mm-hmm. Choosing peace. Mm-hmm. Choosing me. Yes. You know, like choosing growth, mm-hmm. which comes with the discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, choosing to go after things that I want. Yeah. 
and not feel like I need to explain things to anyone Mm -hmm. or justify that. Just peace. I really just feel like peace Mm -hmm. and joy, abundance, Mm -hmm. you know, like just having a good time and just being me, enjoying this life that I get to live. Like sometimes, like I was just reflecting on how special it Mm -hmm. is when someone shares time with you. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. time is the one non-renewable resource that we have. Yeah. And so when someone says, I'm going to spend time with you. Yeah. And they go out of their way. That is something to just truly treasure. Mm-hmm. And so I've been experiencing that since I've been here. Yeah. And, and it's all like, you know, compact. So it's like, this is so special. I feel so much gratitude. So much gratitude. Yeah. For people taking time out of their day to yeah. be with me. Yeah, that's beautiful. I was reading this book recently. It's called Off the Clock. It's actually a really good book. It was about time management. And I thought that it was going to be kind of a stuffy time management book of like track your time, be on social media less, whatever. But it it wasn't at all. It was actually about creating space for those things in life. And one of the quotes that I really loved from the book was people are a good use of time. Amen. Like spending time with people is productive and prioritizing that is important. It really is. And I think we, my therapist told me a while ago how we like as a people are more lonely now than we ever have ever been or in the past 10 years or or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we think that we're getting connection by being on social media and social media is cool. That's how I met you. Like Mm -hmm. social media has, has its place. And I think even for people where it's inaccessible for them to meet in person and all those things. So, you know, holding space for all that. But I also think that we can do a better job of being intentional about nurturing relationships, like meaningful relationships, Mm -hmm. carving time out to get on the phone, to get in person, to get to know people, to love on people, to show up for people, Mm -hmm. you know, just really living a life that's like rich and not in things Mm -hmm. but like in people and experiences yeah like butter yeah it's so good smooth and yeah it's just smooth Mm -hmm. i like room temperature butter oh yeah i don't like it right out the refrigerator it'll tear your bread up right you need (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah i've been thinking about that a lot because i get people asking me a lot of questions about making friends as an adult do they have a hard time making friends and it's like you start asking a little bit more questions about why that is and they're like well i didn't want to go to this thing after work or i didn't want to go visit this person or i didn't and sometimes community is inconvenient yeah but it's worth it say that that's the quote sometimes <laughs> that is that that is community so can true. be inconvenient it's not going to always fit into your perfect daily routine and what's going to be convenient for Come you on, but now, connection sis. is worth it Come on, sis. that yeah. is that is come on y'all that right there <laughs> yeah it is so inconvenient sometimes mm-hmm. you know like let's be real a lot of us love chilling on the couch i love yes yeah, being at home yeah i'm counting down the days mm-hmm. till i go back home yeah. like i love what i'm doing here but don't get it twisted. I love being on the couch. Mm-hmm. So like it does require effort. And it's like we want the thing without having to do the thing to get the thing. Right. So it's like, just give me the thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah. You know, exactly. it was so easy to make friends when we were in school. Mm-hmm. All you had to do was show up right. and you had to be there. Yeah. You know, whereas now you don't have to be in some of these spaces mm-hmm. that you 
are going to need to show up in order to cultivate some of those relationships, yeah. you know. And sometimes it just it also is like, I like you. Can we be friends? Yeah. I say that to people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, of course, they say yes. Who's going to say no? Yeah. But then the following up and the, yep. the building it and nurturing yeah. it is that. Or sometimes, and I do blame social media for this, we feel like time with friends has to be this big fancy thing. We have to take a trip. We have to get dressed yeah. up. We have to go out to eat and do it for the gram. And sometimes right. you just want to go to your friend's house and watch TV, make dinner, run errands together, do nothing. Do nothing. Just sit around. Yeah. Just sit around. And those are actually kind of the best times. I miss running errands with friends. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just go do this and that. Yeah. <laughs> those those days are gone because mm-hmm. I'm not running errands with friends in Spain. Yeah, Mm-mm. Chris going to the store. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying at the house. Yeah, but yeah. those are the those are those precious things that we take for granted. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's anything more important in life than relationships. Yeah, whether that's the relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. with others, with community. Yeah. With the earth. I think we need to do a better job taking care of the earth. Mm -hmm. What the hell? You know? Yeah. So I don't think there's anything more important than that. But but instead, it's how to make six figures tonight, you know, or how to be the billionaire and how to to make more money. It's always like more money. I know. Capitalism is choking us all out. Yeah, but capitalism is definitely like the name of the game. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be because it's traumatizing all of us. It is. It is. And and it is like, yes, we need money to, you know, all this costs money. None of this free. Right. You know, but again, when is it enough? Mm -hmm. Even when you're thinking about making money. Yeah. Well, how much do I actually need to live the type of life that I want? Mm -hmm. Do I have to keep making more all the time? Is it is it always striving? Yeah. Yeah. That's exhausting. It is. And it's dehumanizing. Like, it's not even natural to, like, our body. And we need periods of rest and rejuvenation, all those things. You know, nothing on earth is constantly blooming. Yeah. Unless it's genetically modified, maybe. Right. Maybe they got that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the States. (laughs) I know, right? The corn. Yeah. It's in everything. The high fructose corn syrup. The corn, the soy. Oh, but the Skittles are so good. They're that nasty. red 40, really? I, give me the red 40. <laughs> give me the red 40. Give me the high fructose. It's only for a little bit. Yeah. Because them Skittles, the wild berry <laughs> Skittles are the best. They don't have those. Mm, yeah. Even our Ritz crackers don't taste the same. And They're probably the organic or something. <sighs> They're sad. I'm going to take some Ritz back. You should. And Pop-Tarts. And Grits. Get those brown sugar Pop-Tarts back. Mm -hmm. And Cheetos. Yes. (laughs) Look, I got a list. Absolutely. (laughs) Mo, thank you so much for coming back to the show, for joining me, and just for sharing your experiences. Sharing, I mean, you shared some things that were definitely sensitive to talk about in terms of your relationship with the church and consumerism and the real experiences of moving out of the country. So I just appreciate your honesty and vulnerability. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So how can people find you? How can people support you? Yeah, on the gram, Mo Motivate. If you want to learn more about the school, what we're doing is shinebrightschool.com. And we have a YouTube channel. We have an Instagram for the school as well. My book, I wish I, I don't have a We'll, we'll do it when You'll come back on the show when the yeah. book comes out. book comes out. But the book's going to be amazing. So yeah, MoniqueMelton.com. Perfect. 
all the things. Amazing. Well, we will make sure that all of your information is linked in the show notes so it's easy thank for you. people to find you. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. <laughs> so thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, please leave us a rating and review. It helps so much. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and I'll see you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.